0: From the beginning, Word of Life's mission has been to reach young people with the good news of Jesus Christ. What began with street corner preaching and a passion for sharing the gospel has blossomed into a global ministry of discipleship training centers, camps, and Bible institutes. As amazing as our journey has been from the first day until now, we believe that God's greatest work in this ministry is not behind us, but ahead of us. However, The world as we know it is changing. We are connected, but lonely. Informed, but anxious. Now, more than ever, young people are hurting, confused, and searching for answers. Our world is increasingly resistant to absolute truth. When personal truths abound, chaos and division follow. As Christ followers, our mission is to come together with our varied cultures, talents, gifts, and passions to bring the life-changing power of the gospel to a lost and troubled generation. We believe that the answers young people are looking for are found in God's Word. So we preach the truth of the Bible without apology, because Scripture is the foundation of all we do. We believe that it is our responsibility to reach our generation for Christ, and therefore we go from Ghana to Greece, from Brazil to Japan. We believe that we are called and commissioned as one to reach a constantly shifting culture with biblical truth that never changes. We believe that God can use one week of camp to change a life, one life to change a family, one family to change a community and one community to change a nation. This drives us to create faith-defining experiences that challenge, equip, and train young people to choose action over apathy. The next generation is often labeled as hopeless, isolated, and broken. But by the grace of God, we believe that we will see young people rise in unison to forge gospel-driven relationships that bridge cultures and continents. We believe that God will continue His work until one day people of every tribe, tongue, and nation rejoice around His throne. Anticipating this future reality, we will continue to carry the Word of God throughout the world. One vision, one voice, one mission. Because we believe.
1: Well, I'm excited about being with you guys today. Hey, if there are any kids left, I think they all went, but uh, if, uh, if there, there is children's program in the back, if, uh, if there's anybody in here going, where are the kids? Hey, uh, I do work for Word of Life. I am the Director of Advancement, which just simply means I raise money, okay? And I am actually, I've been traveling uh, this last week, and I reached out to Pastor Todd and said, hey, I'm driving through, and uh, I just want to stop. I'm making sure you're not going on vacation, And uh, needless to say, he was going on vacation. I said, well, are you going to at least be at church? And he said, yes. And the next thing I know, he asked me if I would preach. So that is why I am here. Um, One of the cool things about what God is doing through the ministry of Word of Life is just in this last year, we've seen over a half million young people around the world come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Word of Life, if you did not know, as uh, the video shared, uh, we're in 80-plus countries. We're close to being in 90. In fact, we're just getting ready to uh, do our first Word of Life presentation in Iraq. Can you imagine that? Um, and uh, and God has uh, actually opened up a door, so we are we have curriculum now that's been written in Egypt, where we have 300 churches who have said we want Word of Life to be a part of our club ministries within uh, Egypt. God is doing an amazing work, and He's it's not Word of Life. God is doing an amazing work. One of the neat things about Word of Life, just uh, before we get into the message, is that Word of Life. The difference between us and other mission organizations is that yes, our desire is to reach young people because we believe in young people, but when we reach those young people, we want to train them so they'll stay and reach more young people. And so uh, out of the 1,500 plus missionaries we have around the world, only 350 of them are American missionaries. The rest of them are missionaries that have been trained in their homeland to reach their own communities for Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that what the church is supposed to do? Uh, So uh, God has been doing an amazing work in all of that. Interesting enough. When Todd said, uh, hey, would you preach, there's a message that I have been preparing on my heart that I think is very relevant to some of the things that I am dealing with, and I'm sure that there are probably some of the things that you're dealing with as well. And we don't always go to numbers. In fact, I try to avoid going to numbers uh, because uh, I, I like numbers in the business mind of things, but if you've ever done a Bible study in numbers, there's not a whole lot there that you feel like you can apply to your life, but there's a passage there that is very relevant in light i think of where we are at really in this world today and the and and the reality is is that i think we are missing out on what i i feel is the blessing promises that god has promised to us and the reason i say that is because so many times we are called but we actually never go we never do the calling. We never, we never go to the next step. We, we show up to church or we show up to, uh, to uh, uh, Christian type things and, and we call that our calling. But the reality is, is that, and I know Pastor Todd preaches about these things all the time, is that it's bigger than that. It's being committed. It's being devoted. It's being, uh, it's being on fire for the Lord and understanding that we are all doing this together. It's not about Pastor Todd. It's about what the Holy Spirit is doing to encourage our hearts as one, one body, one Christ. Uh, Hey, guys, I'm going to actually throw a curveball on you, all right? Is that okay? So uh, the reading of God's Word is not going to be in Numbers chapter 13, but, man, a couple of songs is like we've got to go to a different passage for the reading of God's Word. We're going to go to John chapter 14, and uh, this will fit really well with where we're going to go in Numbers chapter 13. John chapter 14, I have an ESV It says this, verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you, and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says to him, I am the way. I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had me, had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is a reading of God's word. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, as we go to Your Word, I pray our hearts would be encouraged. I pray that our hearts would be united with You. That we would come to a place where we, 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 we. Let down the the walls the chains the things that are kind of keeping us from being connected to you And lord, I pray that you would fill me with your presence that the words that I am speaking are from you That they're not from me And that our hearts would be encouraged because of what you are doing and how you're going to fill us and lord if there's any distractions Anything that's preventing us from opening our hearts to the reading to the teaching of your word lord I pray that you Take those things away, that you take the distractions away, that if it's our phones, we shut them off. If it's our, if it's our eyes, we, we, we visually see what you want us to see. If it's our ears, Lord, that we hear what you're trying to teach. And Lord, that our hearts, when we leave this place, will be humbly one, heart or thank you for what you're going to do and in jesus name. Amen So we are going to be in numbers chapter 13 and and uh, one of the things I love about this passage is that I can tell you a story within my life And i'm sure many of you have these types of stories where you can you can uh, define a significant point in your life where something changed see, I grew up as a pastor's kid so uh, I, always, uh, I always knew what was right. I always understood what was right. At least uh, I, I, in my mind, I knew how to act right. But the reality is is that uh, I didn't know how to live right. It was a little bit different, isn't it? Because there's, there's one thing to have knowledge, but it's another thing to work and act upon that knowledge. One of the things that we do at our Bible Institutes is that you don't just come... And uh, learn God's Word, we take God's Word and we apply it. We send them out. We give them practical uh, training so that it's not just something they read, but it's something they experience. I remember a moment in my life, and I'm going to talk to you about some deep moments, deep dark moments within my life. I was in a relationship I shouldn't have been in. And this, this girl that I was in this relationship with, I, I, I loved her for what she was, not for who she was. And we were in a relationship that we should not have been in. We were sexually involved. We were not married. But yet I continued to live this life in which I would go to church and I would pretend like I was doing everything right. And I knew all the right things to say. I'm the pastor's kid, right? And every time I would do something or teach a Sunday school class or I'd walk in and, and do something within the youth group, they just assume because you're the pastor's kid. By the way, if you're a pastor's kid, you probably shouldn't assume this. But they assume that there's something about you that's different and there's no sin happening in his life. I was singing at a church, this is something most people don't realize about me, but we were travel. we traveled around as kids and we sang in churches and I was just singing and I was just singing praises to the Lord. My girlfriend was next to me, I don't even remember if she was singing or not, but there was this guy who was part of this ministry called Ark Ministries and he heard my voice. He comes back to me and he says, hey, have you ever thought about going on tour and singing with a band? Well, first of all, you've got to understand something about me, is that I grew up in a very traditional church, and uh, we only had organs and pianos, and uh, that was sin. The, the Rock and roll was sin. So anything that had a drum or a guitar, or anything like that, that was sin. And when he said that to me, the first thing that came to my mind, living in sin, was, heck yeah. <laughs> if I can get back at my dad, here's my chance, I'm going to do it. But here was the problem. I had already asked this girl to marry me. We were already engaged. I was working, she was in college. And I went to this tryout and I went to this tryout and I began to have this weight. And here's what what I didn't realize the weight I was feeling was the weight of God giving me an opportunity to escape what I was about ready to get myself into. But the reality was, is I didn't want to escape. And so I wrestled with God. I tried out for that band, and they called me back the next day and was like, yes, absolutely, when can you come? But here's the thing, if you come, for the next six months... We're going on the road and we're traveling the country and you're going to have to give everything up. Your job, your all these types of things. God was giving me a way out. And then I began to wrestle with things because what this band was is that we were going to go into a public school and we were going to sing secular music, you know, the Guns and Roses, Led Zeppelin, all those types of things. And in fact, uh, all this music that I only heard in the school, in the locker room, I was going to be singing that. But not only that, I was going to need to learn how to dance, how to do all of these things in front of people. And then when, when we did those presentations in the school, then we would take them to a church and we'd sing Christian music and preach the gospel after a couple of weeks i went i can't do this i'm engaged she's gonna leave me she won't want anything to do with me and i turned my back on a promise that god was trying to give me in my life the reason i tell you that story is because this is the exact same story that we're going to see here in numbers chapter 13 Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. So here's what I want you to see. Immediately, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They've they've come out of Egypt. This is before they wander, okay? God says to them, listen to this, Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I... God am giving to the people of Israel. What's it say there? He's giving them a promise. I told you I was bringing you out. I was going to bring you into the promised land. I'm sending you in so you can see what I said is true. And then you're just going to walk in and I'm going to give it to you. I think many of us, Have had these promises that God has placed in your life, these callings that He has placed on our life, and unfortunately we have come to a place where we had to go through these crossroads, like we're going to see right here, and we have to make a decision to either choose God or we're going to make a decision to choose our flesh. So we're going to skip some verses. Here we are in verse 25. They've, they've, they've gone into the promised land, and here they are. They're coming back. And at the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregations of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregations and showed them fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land which to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Basically, God, everything you said is real. It's exactly the way you told us. But look at this next word that comes up. However, 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 my life does I'm heading in this direction. However, God, I see things a little differently than you. You don't know me. However, right? Isn't that how we do things? That God tells us to go, and we're like, well, however, Lord, I have a mortgage. However, Lord, you don't know my circumstance. My circumstance isn't like everybody else, I would lose everything. However, Lord, I'm getting married. However, Lord, whatever the circumstance is, put that in there, right? Maybe some of you are in that moment right now. You're saying, however, Lord, and God has clearly told you, I have a promise for you. I've given you a gift. I've called you to use that gift. And I want you to do what I'm asking you to do. But many of you, probably most of us in here are going, however, however. However, I have something else implying, don't I? I, I, God, I know better than you. Right? I know better than you. Now listen to what he says. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and what? Very large. They don't just say large. We go to the extreme and say very large large. Why do we do that? Why do we get caught in this place? It's like, it's like, oh my goodness, these people, they, they dwell in this land and they are strong and their cities are, are fortified and very large. And we go, God, you can't do anything here. We don't have the strength to do this. What are you thinking? Isn't that crazy that we do this? But yet we pretend like we don't. We pretend like we don't go through these things within our life. Here's something I want you to see. See, uh, the, the very first point I have is never let fear decide your future. Never let fear decide your future. Something I want you to realize. See, people of fear experience the same things as people of faith. They experience the same things. But the difference between someone with fear and the difference with someone with faith is that fear we, we back up, right? Faith, we step forward. That's the difference. But we're all standing in the same spot at the very moment we are called to do whatever it is that God calls us to do. And the question is, is are we going to move forward or are we going to step backwards? I always think it's interesting that uh, as I go to these churches... You know, most churches in the country are not filled up. They're not full like you guys. The majority of churches in our country are actually pretty empty. And the reason why they're empty is because they've missed the blessing, the calling that's been placed on their life. And, And they're hoping that someone, some significant thing, will just walk right into this door. Interesting enough, I was preaching at a church. It was a dying church. I was telling Todd about this. It was was interesting because God's been humbling me, and I've been preaching in these little, little churches who flat out are dying. But he challenged my heart to actually walk into these little churches and say, you know why you're dying? Because of you. They're dying because you're missing the boat. You think that when I come in here, I'm going to fix the problem. I don't fix the problem. God fixes the problem, and He does it through you. But for whatever reason, they're going, you know, what? you know what? If you would just come in here, you have a young family, it will change everything. No, it won't. The only way it will change is if you will change. To experience the same things as people faith And then he says, and besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the, the Amalekites dwell in the land of Najeb, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. All this means is that there's giants here. It'd just been easier if Moses just put giant. That would have been a whole lot easier because we don't even care and they're not even these countries aren't even here anymore. Giants are in the land, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along. Jordan understand something there was 12 men that went into the land 10 of them came back with this report 10 of them the majority of them said we can't do this You know what I, I, you know what I hate about church politics because majority rules just like politics isn't it If you get 51% of the vote you still win right If you have 49% of the vote You lose Majority wins. Hey, there was not a point in here where God asked them to vote. He said, go in and check out the land so you can see what I have promised is really relevant. That there's already cities there. All of your food is going to be provided. I have already taken care of you. That's all the reason he told them to go in there. He didn't tell them to go in and vote. See, one of the things I want you to realize is that not only do they experience the same things as people of faith, they they see evidence of good things, but they quickly turn positives to negatives. They quickly turn positives to negatives. You know people like that? How many of you know someone who is constantly taking the positive and making it a negative? We all know them, right? We can all raise our hands. You know, Todd told me you're not charismatic, but you're pretty close, so I'll raise your hands, right? We all all know, we all know people, right? And it frustrates you. But here's what's interesting about the church. We have a tendency to fall prey to those people and actually fall in line with the people who are negative more than the people who are positive. It's why, it's, let's just be frank, that's why Gen Z doesn't want to come to church anymore. Because why would I want to go someplace where all I see is hate and anger and frustration and rejection and humiliation? Why would I want to go to a place like that? I already live in a world like that.
2: See, They see evidence of it.
1: of others listen to what happens in verse 30 but Caleb quieted people before Moses and said let us go up to once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it then the men who had gone with him said but well, listen, this is their rebuttal we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are Caleb's like first of all God said we already have this and they're going no we don't we got to still fight the battle See one of the things we do even today in our churches today as people and when I say churches I'm not talking about this specific church. I'm talking about you who know Jesus Christ your personal savior. You are the church And what we do is that we quickly turn it into a negative thing because we can't absolutely understand the true nature of the power of God You know how powerful God is? He saved you, right? That's how powerful God is. That by sending His Son to die on the cross, that He did it with one person for all sins. That's how powerful our God is. But if that wasn't enough, three days later, He rose again, right? We're we're not condemned to death, meaning we will rise again because of the power of what Jesus did, the power, the true nature of what God wanted to do within our lives. So why is it that we doubt God when he says, you can do this because I've gifted you to do this? Why do we doubt it? The reason we doubt is because we don't truly understand the true nature of our God The true power of our God Verse 32 says so they brought to the people of israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying the land The which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants So what do they do? They exaggerate and instill fear in others, and they have a poor self-image, ultimately not of just themselves, but a poor self-image of their God. The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the son of Anec, who, who comes from Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Here's what's interesting to me. Not only are we seeing a passage here where God has told them to go in, in the very first verse in chapter 13, said this, that uh, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people. Here he made the promise. Interesting enough, their leader listens to the people. I want you to think about This was a word to Moses. You You want to know why our churches are falling apart? Because our leaders within our churches are falling apart. They're listening to the people and not listening to God. They're listening to the people and not listening to God. It's like, well, my people want... We're going to do it this way because we want to protect my people when the reality is is that if the church would just stand up and teach truth, we wouldn't have the problem that we are facing in our world today. Let's just be honest. You better get your children ready for the world to be falling apart very, very, very soon. There is not going to be a United States the way we think the United States should look we got to stop worshiping this country and start worshiping our God. Revival starts with the idea that God is on high and He's going to go in and He's going to take care of the nations. But the more we cater to the people that are in this world, the more we separate ourselves from the love of God. That's the problem. That's what we've done. And it's not a new problem, guys. The Israelites did the exact same thing and guess what happens? They wandered for 40 years. You want to prevent yourself, your your church, your community from wandering? Be obedient to the calling that God has placed on your life and do what he says. I'm just telling you, the reason why I tell you the story about the opportunity that I had to go on that worship band is because i spent the next 15 years of my life wandering. I went through a divorce. I basically lost the daughter. I had to find a relationship with God that was separate, and I couldn't find it because the church rejected me. Well, why do we do this? We do this because we don't truly understand the true nature of the power of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. He restored me. He restored you. And if you haven't been restored, he wants to restore you. But you have to let go of the bondage of the things within this world and not conform yourself to the things within this world. We need to conform ourselves to the promise of God. That's what's going to change this world. The sin and the darkness and the things you're experiencing. My my kids are in the public school and you can condemn me all you want to, but... My kids are in the public school because we believe, as a household, that if they are in the public school, that we'll get to help them through these things they're going through. And I'm telling you what, the public school that they are in is awful. The furries, the transgender stuff, the homosexuality stuff, all of that is flat out right in their face. But my daughter, who's a senior this year, has led two of those girls to the Lord. She's not falling prey. You know why she's not falling prey to it? Because she loves the Lord. Interesting enough, we think that the youth groups and things like that are gonna are, are gonna help them. We haven't been a part of a youth group with our kids for the last three years since we moved to uh, Florida. My kids are better without it because they're focusing on God and not focusing on being with their friends. A the youth group, they are seeing things in a different light. You don't need youth group. We need a family who's teaching truth. We don't need a pastor just to teach truth. We need their families to teach truth. Man, if you're totally dependent on Todd, I hate to tell you this, man. Todd, Todd's still a sinner. Pastor Todd is still a sinner. Pastor Todd still struggles. Pastor Chip, I am definitely a sinner. I still struggle. We spent last night just talking about the reality of how important it is that we have people in our lives like each other to help us through the struggles. Because I don't want to pretend. I don't want to pretend that I'm something different than I am. I lived a hypocritical life. I already did the pretending. I don't want to pretend anymore you shouldn't want to pretend anymore either. Second point I want you to understand is that always build on your faith. Always build on your faith. I want you to see something here. Chapter 14 verse 1 it says then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. They wept because they've been wandering They're struggling and all the people wept that night and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt? Why didn't we just stay there? Or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. You know, church splits happen like this all the time. I don't like the way that pastor is doing it. I don't like the way that, that that deacon board is doing it. Let's just start our own. Let's do what we want to do. Let's go in a totally different direction. Well, what's that direction you're going to go? Because if we're truly the church, we should all be going in the same direction. There's not a better solution than God's Word. Period. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Japhim, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us. Understand this. If the Lord delights in you. If the Lord delights in us. He will bring us into the land and do what? And give it to us. If he delights enough, if this is his plan, guess what? And he has told you this is his plan. He is going to give it to you. You know why? Because it's all his. It's all his. By the way, what you have is not yours. You only have it because he gave it to you. So why is it that this is so confusing? Why is this so confusing to those who look at God's word and still in disobedience walk away from God's word? Verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land. Stop fearing the things that you don't need to be fearful of. For they are bread uh, they are bread for us, meaning we can destroy them. Their protection is removed from them because God is our strength. Because God is our strength. Then all the congregation said to Stone with the Stone, see we're training up all right, you know. There we go. Then all the congregation said to stone with the stones, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, How long, listen to this, How long will this people despise me? Awkward silence. How long will you despise your God? That's what this is saying. How long are you just going to keep waiting? How long are you going to say, well, next year? Yeah, you know, How many married couples, pre-marriage counseling we've done, and they're like, yeah, we're going to have kids when we da-da-da-da-da-da. And forgetting, guess what? God's the one that creates your kids. And he can bypass all of the things that you have there to try to protect you from having a kid. But if he wants you to have a kid, you're going to have a kid. I know we worry about it every month and we're still in our 40s, you know, or like one every month Lord, I hope it's not gonna happen this month. My kids are almost out of the house Right But for whatever reason, isn't that how we work? It's like, oh my lord, I can't imagine having a kid at 47 years old well, don't challenge him too much because he may just do it. <laughs> right? See, here's what I want you to see. Faith helps us remember the good things that God has done for us. See, gratitude feeds our faith. Isn't that interesting? Gratitude feeds our faith. Growth, meaning spending time in God's Word, what, feeds our faith. Dependence on God Feeds our faith. The best thing that could happen to you and the best thing that ever happened to me and my wife is that moment when we didn't have anything left. We gave up everything. We walked away from our business and said, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but guess what? We're going to trust you and we're going to go. And man, did he blow us out of the water. Growth feeds our faith. Dependence on God feeds our faith. Do I read about Him? Do I remember what He has taught? Do I talk to Him? Do I listen to Him? See, here's what I want you to understand, really, in our closing thoughts. God will never let you skip the lessons He has for you. God will never let you skip the lessons He has for you. But let me tell you something. He still expects you to walk through it. Remember, faith is... Taking a step forward It's not taking a step back Fear is taking a step back If God is calling you to do something right now And God is calling you to, to have an impact in a way that could change Maybe just your family or change your community Or change the outcome that's in, within this church Step forward, have faith, know that God wants to protect you That God is already going before you because He loves you that much And that's where we are with John chapter 14, right? John chapter 14 makes it very clear. Let not your hearts be what? Troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? God has already made a promise to you. God has already prepared a place for you. The house He's got in heaven is way better than the house you have here on the earth. The plan that God has for you for eternity is way better than the plan that you have by sticking right here in this spot wondering what is next. Because the reality is that God, and if I go and I prepare a place for you, guess what? He will come again. I believe God's coming again, and I believe He's coming again very soon. So we have to get to this place of rejecting the lies of the devil and focusing on the truth because He's already gone before us. We just need to take a step forward. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord, I don't know the things that are happening within... The walls of this church But I know that Your power is within this church And we just need to accept the power And we need to step in faith In the direction that you have Called us to go Lord maybe there's someone in here This morning that just says You know what Pastor Chip I've never heard anything like this before I didn't know That God loved me that much He said You know what I want to have a relationship where I can trust my God. If you're one of those people that are in here just like, I'm so lost. I'm so confused. I'd love for you to just raise your hand and say, Pastor Chip, pray for me because I'm I'm that person. I'm lost. I'm confused. I'm frustrated. It's not going the way I thought it was going to go. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, yes. Hands going up. Yep. Because the reality is, is that we like what we like, don't we? But He's called us to something better. He's called us to Him. Dear Lord, I pray for those who had the courage to say, I'm struggling, Lord. I need you in my life, Lord. I need you to take control of me. Lord, I pray for them. I pray that you would give them courage. I pray that you would put protection around them to strengthen their resolve so they wouldn't fall back into the fear and that they would step forward in faith. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. And in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Let's rise to our feet. All to Jesus. I surrender. All to Him, the song says, I freely give. Do you understand the power of Jesus Christ? Do you understand the power to follow Him? Maybe if you slipped your hand up, maybe the Lord was speaking to you today because today is that pivotal moment Moment where you turn and you leave your seat and you'll remember this defining moment in your life when you bowed your knee and you gave your life and your all to Him. Don't wait. Give it to Him. It's open for you. And here at New Hope, we always have this altar call because this is where we meet the God of the Word. This is where Jesus meets us, right where we're at. Will you come to Him?